Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Jumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. <laughs> The Chumba Life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Lucky Land Casino. Asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like Sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day, Lil. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. BGW. Void or prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Hello and welcome to another episode of the Old Lady Speaks podcast on Black and White and Red All Over. This is your host, Danny, coming to you for episode number 30, the Tiago Mendes episode. And we remember those dark days, don't we, Chucks, on the offside, ranting about where Juventus's roster was at that point? I sure do. Yeah. Shout out to the offside. That was the, uh, I guess, the OG of our platform, I guess. So, yeah, those were days. Those were days. So, as I jokingly said on Twitter yesterday, uh, we're recording here on Wednesday, the 23rd, and 24 hours earlier, Juventus had arguably their worst performance of the 2021 season, so we might as well treat this episode, which may or may not be the last episode of 2020, based on what we have going on next week, but we are going to treat this maybe as a therapy session, where we are going to let let out all the frustrations of, of what Juventus just uh, did or didn't do against Fiorentina. So let me first, before that happens, bring in the usual crew here. We've got a full full crew this week, as you heard, Chucks is back. So let me first bring in Sam. Hello, Sam. How's it going, Danny? Uh, a little... Yeah, yeah. Uh... Yeah, yeah, that, that's, that, that's a mood. That's a mood. We've yeah. got the aforementioned Chucks back in the cold weather after a, a couple of weeks on the beach. How's it going, buddy? Yeah, pretty good. Yeah, glad to be back. And uh, thanks for uh, thanks for having me. Uh, you know, I thought I'd be exiled forever after uh, my extended absence. But uh, as the great Aaliyah once sang, uh, it's been a long time since I left you with a dope beat to step to. 
So I'm back. Quoting Aaliyah before Tim Vickery. Man, we are we are living in a wild world, Chuck. You hey, keep us on won. our toes. She the one, yeah. Last but not least, Sergio. Hello, Sergio. Hey, fellas. Happy to be here, as always. Ready for the, 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 the group therapy session that's going to come from everybody, I'm assuming. So happy to be here. <laughs> All right. Well, as I said, therapy session. Juventus lost 3 nothing against Fiorentina, and I would say it's rather deserved that that happened. Uh, we could probably count on one hand the amount of players in a black and white jersey who actually played well. And so I will throw it to the man who was very vocal in our comment section, both during and after the game, Mr. Chucks. As I hold up my notepad and it just says, ugh, Chucks, what the hell happened? Yeah, before I answer, before I answer that, please know that just for the record, it is unlike me to go off that much in the comments, like, you know, uncharacteristically. Well, that, that way we know you're serious. Yeah, yeah. It, well, yeah, true, actually. <laughs> yeah, I was uh, uncharacteristically uh, uncensored, I guess. But yeah, so just for the record there. As Sam pretty much said it, you know, perfectly in this uh, post-game recap, everything that you know, could go wrong, basically went wrong yesterday. And yeah, I mean, it was just all kinds of just just bad. I mean, you know, this in the was it the third minute that, that that we conceded that goal. And I mean, I think that just summed up that goal really summed up the the issues of playing a high line. De Ligt and Bonucci, I mean they were just following instructions, fair enough. But you know, they were <laughs> they were all the way at the halfway line and you know one pass, I mean one pass did it. You know, and and even, you know, uh, Vlahovic, I think that's how you pronounce his name. Uh, you know, his touch wasn't even that good. I mean, his, was, I think his second touch was not that good. One of his touches was, like, really heavy, I remember. And basically, it wasn't all that elegant, but it didn't need to be because he had half the pitch <laughs> to run, on, run onto. Yeah, I mean, I think that really just summed up the, yeah, I mean, the risks of playing it. But then you had the Parma game, which showed the benefits of playing that so it's just this really bipolar nature of this current strategy and you know it's funny I was thinking before uh, thinking about this before uh, recording and so to to stick to my own word then I remember saying in like I don't know the first uh, five episodes or yeah fifth six episodes something like that that one of the personal goals I guess I had for the season was for Pirlo to kind of establish some kind of identity for the squad. And I think we've seen now what identity he wants to have for the squad, you know, which is just a high press, very modern football, I guess you can say. Yeah, high press, high energy, high intensity, you know, in your face, uh, high line, very high passing um, oriented team, which I think most of that game it was against Parma that, that the Ligt had like what was it 100 and some passes or some, some like crazy high uh, ta- or data um, for that um, statistics that's where he also had a moment where he was playing as a winger which yes, was yes. very very amusing knowing that it's delict and he's very much not a winger yeah, yeah exactly exactly so you know we, we've seen now kind of what Pirlo wants to do that yeah and like I said that modern football so okay he's established an identity and then I was thinking to myself okay well is this something I want is this something I want 
for Juventus and is this something I want to see? Is this this kind of this type of identity or this type of style style of football what I want to see? I think honestly, as a neutral, sure. Uh, I mean, it's entertaining. It's fun. It's eventful, definitely. But as a Juve fan, I'm starting to question if that's the type of identity that I want to see, which it's a very twisted kind of thing because I think back in the days of like Allegri slash Sarri, but mostly Allegri, I thought that this current type style of football is what I wanted. Like, yeah, I want the exciting stuff. I don't want this, you know, dull stuff. But now that I have it, <laughs> I'm not sure if I want it. But I mean, you know, I, I say that tentatively right now, not very definitively, but it was just something I was thinking about uh, today and just after the game yesterday, like, okay, is that really, you know, is this what I want? Uh, what I really, really want? What I really, really want? But yeah, I mean, that remains to be seen. And another thing, what did I say in the comments again? Oh yeah, about the Scudetto. Well, obviously everybody's, you know, up in arms about, you know, the Scudetto. I'm, I mean, not as much up in arms about it because... I'm pretty sure I'm on record as saying that I did not expect us to win the Scudetto this year in our kind of pre-season predictions, and I still stand by that. And, you know, again, it kind of is what it is, but I obviously still want to gain something. I don't want this to be a wasted year. I mean, I know that, ironically, AC Milan, uh, they had that so many times. They had like, okay, this is a rebuilding year. And then it wasn't one. And then they're like, okay, last year wasn't rebuilding year, but this is a rebuilding year. Then it wasn't one. Okay. But this is, you know, I don't want like, let's not waste time. Let's like get something from this year, but I'm still just not really sure what that something is. Yeah. I, th- I think like, like you both said, you know, you right now and, and the pod chucks and, and Sam in his piece. I mean, the, this Fiorentina game was just one of those games that, you know, everything goes wrong and, and I mentioned it in, in the grab pack that just went live a few hours before this this recording. You know, one, because we all discuss Juve on like a game-to-game basis, sometimes it's like hard to keep, you know, the perspective of the big picture when they play really well and when they play really poorly. So we were like ready to crown them because they absolutely, you know, throttled bottom line the game before and they looked great doing it and it was awesome. And then, you know, like Chucks is saying, oh, we're not even winning the Scudetto anymore like because they played really bad against Fiorentina. And, and that's the general idea from a lot of people. It's like, this is a lost season. And, and listen, it was a very bad game. It was a very unenjoyable game to, to watch, to see. They were playing bad from the start. Obviously, the, the red card is just, you know, the icing and the cake of just like a really, really bad performance overall. Um, we can sit here and, and debates whether or not you know there was a couple of missed calls I think there were a couple of missed calls that could have changed the game but at the end of the day I think this is one of those games that you just if you are in that team and you are in that locker room if you are in the appeal you just kind of you know forget about it like this game never happened just you know blank slate let's keep it moving and and I think especially right now with with Asimilan just winning a couple hours ago they're 10 points ahead of us it looks like a super daunting, you know, 10 points. But if you really think about it, it's, you know, we still have the both games against Milan, both games against Inter, now both games against Napoli with, you know, the, the new court decision that the game's going to be rescheduled. So I think for me, what this happened, what this, now that we go into the, the mid-season break, for lack of a better word, uh, this is it for Juventus. I think they have 
in a way wasted their opportunities to kind of drop points here and there. Like the league, the Scudetto is still pretty much, you know, their destiny is in their own hands. It's still out there for the taking, but they're out of chances. Like they have to play perfect from now on. And, and I think that's what, you know, coming back to what Chucks was saying, like, do, does the team have an identity? Yes, they do. But is that identity going to be polished enough or good enough to actually be perfect the rest of the way, which is what they need at this point? That's, that's unclear. That's unclear because we still haven't seen it in a consistent enough ba- basis. And if, you know, if just a one Frank Ribery through pass can kind of like throw your entire game out of whack, like that's not great. So yeah, overall, just just I don't think we know what this team is, which sucks four months into the season. So I I, I don't know. I, I honestly don't know if we can still say let's wait and see or if we already know this team is not good enough. And I I lean towards, you know, seeing them against the actual top teams and seeing what happens. That's the big thing about this, right, Sergio, you mentioned it. That room for error that they had is gone. It's gone, 100% gone. I mean, you know, in years past, like we saw it in the closing of the season last year, right? Like they, 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 they took the championship, like they mathematically won the championship and they just lost a bunch of games. And we were like, whatever, they don't matter. They've already won. There is no way this is go- that's going to happen this season. Like if they do come back, which is a big if, but if they do come back, like it's going to be right up until the last match day because they have wasted all those opportunities. And in a way... I guess they had to waste them early in the season when they're still kind of like getting it together. But at this point, those chances are gone. Like if you still want to challenge, if you still want to prove you are the best team in Italy, it's pretty much like put up or shut up time because they're going to have to be pretty much perfect at this point moving forward. They, they do have to be pretty much perfect. It's, I mean, is it doable? Absolutely. Are, you know, the history of the streak tells us that. I mean, Juventus were actually quite a bit worse off in 2015-16 and blew everybody out of the water from October on, you know, after the miracle last goal from Juan Cuadrado. You know, so it's definitely a, a possibility. The Like you guys said, the question is, you you know, will they be able to buckle down? will the team be good enough? You know, you were talk, you know, talking about the, the, the difference between Parma on the weekend and Fiorentina now. It, it reminded me a lot of the, the difference between the Sampdoria game and the opener and the Roma game the week after that, in that th- this, this seems, this seems we- like a weird product of of how they're adapting to Pirlo's uh, system and the way he wants to press is that it works really, really well for one game and everyone gets real excited. And in the next game, they overdo it. And that's what, that's how the early phases of this, of the Fiorentina game until the, the red to, to Quadrado and Sergio and I can probably go on for most of this podcast about about whether or not the red is just, that red was right because as you guys have seen in our pieces we both have very different opinions on that but 
it it looked like to me like the team like they they absolutely blitz Parma, and, and that high press is working perfectly, and they they were ju- and they went even more gung ho with it against Fiorentina, and they lost control of themselves, and they started playing too fast without really having their heads you know where things are going. I you know I remember seeing you know, you just remember seeing the terrible first touches because it looked like they were already moving before they had the ball under control. The passes that were going all over the place. Leonardo Bonucci, like trying to drop long dimes and ending up hitting them like eight meters short of where they were supposed to go. Ooh, Leo Bonucci yesterday. Oh God. Oh boy. And and that is, that is so like, it makes me sad because I remember like about the time that all that everything started falling apart with him and Allegri the first time in, in the the 2017, you know, in 2017 and, and right before that move, he made the move to Milan. I was unironically calling him the best center back in the world. Like I was, I was writing for Bleacher Report at the time, and I, I used that phrase with him every chance I got because I sincerely believed it, and he looked it at that at that point between the passing and he was actually defend. But this was like I'm at the point where I think that if when Merida Moral and and uh, Matthias Delict are both healthy, it has to be. Demerol Delict Danilo in the back. And maybe you can try to risk a game with Chiellini every once in a while. Like, I don't think Leonardo Bonucci deserves to be starting right now. And he certainly shouldn't have the captain's armband. Because that was another thing. This was a discussion that that I had with got with people in my club. As the as that game progressed yesterday, Bonucci's body language got progressively more resigned and 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 hopeless like you know that after the after he whiffed on that own goal after the he he just like his shoulders were were practically to his knees he did and there there was absolutely no fight in him after that and if that's your captain that's that can't be happening because your captain is the one that has to push the team when they are up against adversity. And it's just, you don't even see, you know, I, I didn't, I never saw Bonucci trying to yell and encourage at some, you know, encourage somebody the way that Buffon did when he had the armband, the way Chiellini does when he gets to play the, I mean, Bonucci is not a leader and I don't think he ever was, but He's he is not the guy to be wearing the armband in the future, and I think the team has to make a you know the team has to make a decision. It will be a hard decision, and it could very well lead to him leaving the team, which wouldn't necessarily be a bad thing given the way he's playing right now. I mean, but I I I think Bonucci Bonucci cannot be considered an automatic starter anymore. He just can't. Because he's not, you can't rely on him anymore, and you certainly can't look at look to him for the kind of leadership that you need out of a captain. I don't know if he's not a leader. I don't think he can be considered the leader, which 
I mean, when he's the captain on the field, that's that's his role. And as much as people harp on Chesney for how he communicates and organizes the defense and whatever, it's not like his captain, the captain is a forward. You know, Bonucci is still very much in communication with Chesney pretty much all game. So I know people are kind of saying, well, look at Juve's worst defensive performances that come with Chesney and goal. But Bonucci has also played as much minutes as Chesney has over the last two seasons. So we can't totally pin it just on the goalkeeper. And maybe that's me playing my goalkeeper card. But at the same time, it's, it's a collective effort. It's not just one guy. It's not just the goalkeeper. It's not just, you know, say Bonucci. It's, it's everybody. You know, Bonucci's the captain. He has to be held accountable. Yeah, I, I totally agree. And I think that with and, – and also specifically – Yesterday, I mean, I mean, you saw my recap. You, you, you made fun. You, you jokingly referred to the the low grades that I gave at the Leon game in February, and Bonucci managed to pass that. And he deserved it. <laughs> he deserved it. And as did as he did with my my single comment in in pictorial form. Yes. Of because that 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 that's all that, that needed to be said. Thank you for letting me do that, by the way, Danny. <laughs> but the more, uh, the more gifts, the better in my my mind. Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on ChumbaCasino.com. I looked over at the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's ChumbaCasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. VGW. Void. we prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. I'm Victoria Cash. Thanks for calling the Lucky Land Hotline. If you feel like you do the same thing every day, press 1. If you're ready to have some serious fun for the chance to redeem some serious prizes, press 2. We heard you loud and clear. So go to LuckyLandslots.com right now and play over 100 social casino-style games for free. Get lucky today at LuckyLandslots.com. Available to players in the U.S., excluding Washington and Michigan. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Void or prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. I mean, yesterday, Bonucci was legitimately responsible for all three goals. His positioning, letting Vlahovic go through on that pass from Ribery was terrible. Like, it almost looked like he moved his leg after the ball had gone past him on the own goal. And he just let Ribery knock the ball away from him on the third and then barely even got back to recover. I mean, that's... God, that was just such an awful, awful... I mean, I don't, I don't even think he played a worse game in his first year with the team when Del Neri was around, when he, was, when he became the convenient scapegoat for that season because of everything that, you know, because he, I mean, he, didn't play, he did play poorly and got knocked out of the, the starting 11 by Andrea Barzali and sometimes by Nicolo Legortalia. Yeah, in, he, in that he, had, he had bad games, but I don't think he had – I can't remember the last time he had a complete implosion like he did against Fiorentina no that was like I mean we he might as well have been the one with the red card because there was just empty space it was practically empty space wherever he wherever he was it was 
you know, people always make joke. you know, I've heard people make jokes when Bernardeschi comes on that we're playing a man down, but this time it was, it was Bonucci. <laughs> yeah, I think it's a very interesting point because there's no doubt that, you know, he was ghastly in, in that game. I mean, you know, he, he, he couldn't do anything right. He couldn't defend right. He couldn't pass right. He, he, he was just awful, you know, it was, it was ghastly. And despite the fact that he, you know, he's been far from that, you know, like Sam mentioned, that, that form that you could argue that he was the best center back in the world. I, I, ever since his, his Milan transfer and then he came back and that whole drama, he's been far from that. But he hasn't been this, like he hasn't been this absolute train wreck. And, and I think it's fair to expect that, you know, he probably won't have too many of these games going forward. But I, th- I think, you know, that, that's one thing, you know, his form in the pitch, he's definitely not who he was, but I don't think he will be this going forward. This is as worst case scenario as it gets. The one thing that I will, that I am very interested in is what you guys both were saying about that, that leadership that he has to have as the captain. We all know he is not the, the actual captain. He's not the first captain. Giorgio Chiellini is the first captain, but with all the injuries, you know, pretty much, pretty much Leo Bonucci is now like the deep, the default captain for the team now. And I think this is going to be a, a show of, of the true medal, not only for him, but for Andrea Pirlo as well, for the entire team at this point, because their backs are against the wall. They have this mini break, which is really a mini break. I, I heard that they're going back to training on December 28th. Yep. So Monday. So they essentially get like a long weekend. Like it's not really a break. <laughs> it's, it's like a long weekend. That's what it is. Like it's Here, not, here's your holiday break. A week. Yeah. Rest a couple <laughs> I mean, days. At least, people, like, yeah. at least training isn't the, I mean, at least training isn't a game. I mean, they don't have a game for almost two weeks. It's like a yeah, 10, that's, 10, that's 10 or 11 days. I hope their I hope their training is just like kick around a couple of balls and then just like go to like the hot tubs and stuff like that, because there's no way that, I mean, they need to be training with the, with the type of, of workload they've been having. But, but this will be very interesting because I, I mentioned it in my piece. You know, as you guys know, I'm, I'm far from, from a Cristiano Ronaldo Hive member. But what he saw, what, what, the way he played yesterday is exactly the way you want your leaders to play, which was the opposite of Bonucci. Not only in form, but just like in, in temper, in attitude, in, in just guts. You know, he was out there, he was running, he was pressing every single chance he, he could do. You know, he was playing well, smartly. Like, that's what you want from a leader. And, you know, Bonucci had a bad game. It happens. I think Pirlo said it in his, you know, post-match conference. It was a bad game from him. But it will be very interesting to see how he bounces back personally and how the entire team bounces back as a whole, as a collective, do they just give up or are they actually going to, you know, step into it? They've all been posting a lot of really nice sounding stuff on their Instagram pages and whatnot, but we're going to have to see it in the following games because it was a bad performance, but it's also mentally, it's going to be pretty tough. And as we all know on the, on that 2015 season that Sam, you know, referred to earlier and that I've been, banging the drum that this team is kind of very similar to that season. You know, they did have that, you know, rock bottom moment. And I think it was like a whole reported thing that Gianluigi Buffon kind of got everyone together and screamed the whole It was the, the Sassuolo and, address. Yeah, exactly. Like it, it was, it's almost like a myth at this point, you know, that they just got it together and it was like a mental thing and it was a locker room thing and it was a, a, a collective thing. 
much more than their physical than their technical abilities, which we know that they are a good team. But it's going to be about the ability of Leonardo Bonucci as a captain, the ability of Andrea Pirlo as a coach, the ability of that locker room to kind of, you know, get it together, to close the lines and actually show why they are the nine-time reigning Italian champions. And that's, I, I think that's going to be the key part of this break. And, and I, I guess we won't see it really until they'll meet Udinese match in a couple of weeks' time. But th- that, to me, is the biggest takeaway. How does this team react at such adversity as the one that they are right now? Because this is really the first mini crisis that Andrea Pirlo has had like in, in his entire stint. And I also think not only is it, you know, is it Bonucci and, and Pirlo, I am also looking at guys like Dybala, guys like Sandro, the guys that are left that played that year, that made that comeback. Yeah, Bonucci's also in, in on that, Chiellini and Buffon. But those, the guys that were in that season that made that comeback, that almost set a record for consecutive wins in Serie A after that rock-bottom moment against Sassuolo, they need to go into that locker room and say, we've done this. This is how we did it. And, and, here, and here we go. Follow on us. Because that, that's the only way that, that, a, that a potential repeat of something like that could possibly happen. And it's really just a strange situation with the captain, uh, just going back to the captain issue, because correct me if I'm wrong. So I think our, I guess, four captains are, I suppose, in order, Chiellini and then I guess Bonucci slash Dybala and then Sandro, I guess. And I mean, I guess I think that's, that would basically be be our four. Yeah, and then Quadro, yeah, yeah, yeah. So I guess, yeah, those are four or five captains, basically. And, well, <laughs> so let's go off the list. Well, one is basically permanently injured. Uh, the other is chronically out of form. And then the other, well, has had a pretty significant decline in form, Bonucci. Uh, and then Quadrado and Sandro, they've been, I mean, they've been good. Uh, obviously, Quadrado's red card, that was, that was not good. But, you know, Quadrado has had a very good season, I think that's fair to say, so far. And Sandro, yeah, I mean, he was injured for, yeah, I mean, the first few games and now it's been pretty good as well. But still, I mean, you have three of the five captains that you are essentially <laughs> crossed off the list. And then, yeah, two remaining, uh, one of which is now probably going to be suspended for what, one or two games, I guess. I don't know how that exactly works with the violent conduct, but I guess one or two games, maybe. Um, if so, it's more yeah. than one, then people have explaining to do at FIGC. I'm sorry. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, like I said, I never. Oh, they, they really... always have. They always have some kind of explaining. <laughs> oh yeah, it's, it's the FIGC. I think it's fair that if, if if the authorities don't get involved, as long as that's good, I think Quadrado has nothing to say. Like as long as law enforcement is not involved in that, he's good. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. So let's let's just say one one game. But yeah, I mean, like I said, it's just it's it's really yeah, just a strange situation where you have you know your yeah three of your five captains essentially you know either permanently injured or just badly out of form, which yeah again is not good just on the leadership topic, and you know also with leadership. And I remember I I mean I wrote a brief chapter in my book about this, but you know there are obviously different styles of leadership. There's you know the got to so dice but leadership where you're just you know in your face you're shouting you're yelling and you're 
it's that energy and it's similar to like before Buffon type of leadership it's that energy is that presence uh, vocal presence really but then you know the, you also have the the different types of leadership which are I mean I guess maybe the word nurturing is more is, is appropriate but yeah the more nurturing the more I guess cerebral type of leadership where it's you know you're not yelling all the time but you're leading by example you're just talking you're saying hey man you got like Keep keep going left. Keep pressing him. Like, hey, keep saying what, uh, keep doing what Pirlo said uh, in the tactics. Like, keep executing those tactics. I like, keep constantly giving that feedback, but not in a very visible, like, visible way for fans to see, but just in a, you know, kind of more in a behind the scenes type of way. And yeah, I mean, which type of leadership is better? I don't know. I mean, whichever. I think just the type of leadership that suits the person best. I mean. For example, for me, I used to, uh, once upon a time, I was captain of my team and I am not everybody, you know, that knows me well, I'm not that like Gattuso type, Ronaldo type, you know, in your face. You're not. (laughs) You're not. I mean, I am, I am an MI6 agent. (laughs) I am deep inside an MI6 agent, but you know, that's... (laughs) We well, that's where, that you to, get, that's where you get the British accent from, right? I leave that to uh, Her Majesty's Secret Service, <laughs> only, only for those uh, services. But you know, but I mean, I had to figure out quickly that I basically had to choose the type of leadership that was suited to me as a person. So I think about it the same way with Bonucci as like, I think, I guess I define a good leader more of like, are you choosing a style of leadership that just suits you as a person best? rather than like X or Y, like rather than, you know, just doing one because you think, because that's what everybody says you should do, you know? And yeah, I mean, Bonucci doesn't strike me as the type of like, like for instance, Bonucci versus like Buffon. I mean, they're just radically different personalities. So I think you're just going to get two very contrasting styles of leadership there. Um, And just kind of a very odd tidbit trivia kind of thing. Uh, And I mentioned this in the comments section. To kind of sum up just the pure paradox that has been this season, before yesterday's game, we had the league's best defense, which is just the strangest thing. I mean, just the most, I mean, really, just the most peculiar thing in the world. Like, despite just the weirdness of this season, we had the best defense in, this, in, in the league. So, yeah, I mean, I guess, you know, food for thought on that one. All right, switch things up a little bit. I know Chucks took issue with something that Pirlo said after the game, and it was regarding both of the Milan teams who are, what, 10 and 9 points ahead of Juventus in the standings after today's results, I believe. And it was regarding uh, what Pirlo said about them being the favorites for the Scudetto now. And I just, I, I, I wanted to kind of throw it out there, and obviously, you know, if you check out the post post-match comments article from from our site you can see what chuck said but i believe it was the first comment it was it was the very first comment so you don't have to you don't have to scroll far but i i guess knowing that juventus's situation is what it is and as we noted a couple minutes ago the holiday break is all of a week and change before they before they have another game so you know if if you're if you're jonesing for more Juventus games, you don't have to wait long as compared to previous holiday breaks. But going off of what Pirlo said about the Milan teams being now the favorites and where Juventus is and knowing that I believe it's nine games in January, where 
where do we go from here? Because we, we look at, we look at this team and we said what we said at the beginning of the month where the, the schedule is hellacious and it's going to be a really, you know, a, a test of both their stamina mentally and physically. Well, it's basically the same kind of situation when they get back and then you throw in the Copa Italia starting up and that might be changed based on the Napoli fixture having to be rescheduled now. And then you've got the Supercopa also against Napoli. So, I mean, it's just, you know, it, it seems like we're picking right back where we left off in terms of the schedule issue come January. And this team is just, as I said in one of my comments, replying to somebody after the game, it's a line I've used in years past. This team is consistent at one thing, and it's being inconsistent. Since, uh, yeah, since I, you know, I was the guilty party with that comment. Um, yeah, I mean, I think, you know, I, I think that comment on, you know, him saying, well, Milan and Inter are, you know, very strong at the moment. Yeah, I, I mean, I think between the lines, I think he was kind of conceding, like, look, they're probably favorites for the Scudetto, which, I mean, obviously on current form, I mean, I think Inter won their seventh game in a row, and well, Milan obviously have been unbeaten in, I mean, I don't know how long. So, credit to them, of course. But, yeah, I mean, is he is he conceding that? Yeah, perhaps. Or is, or is he just saying that, obviously, they're just in way better form right now and Juve are just an unfinished product uh, at the moment also, I think. The biggest thing, I guess the biggest obs- observation I've had uh, about, about Juve at the moment is that I really think, and I think, in the comment section, Paolo C said the same thing. And um, to kind of paraphrase him and just kind of add to that, I really think Juve at the moment are more of a cup competition team than a league team, which is to say that, you know, for the big occasion when like Champions League comes around, it, you always see that with, with like those clubs that are really oriented for that. It's like in a the league, they'll kind of be like, you know, good-ish, bad, you know, kind of up and down. But when when the Champions League comes along, then it's like, okay, we're fired up. We're like, let's go. Like, let's do this. You know, it's Barcelona to come through. Let's, let, like, it's just something about suddenly everybody's, like, is there. Like, mentally, physically, like, suddenly everybody's really just just there. But then the it, league comes it around. Makes, and it makes sense with their form, doesn't it? Yeah, because it's yeah. Just very much it's very much hit and miss. I mean, they can, like you said, they can go into Barcelona and then, and, you know, beat them pretty good and then all of a sudden they can just throw up a dud like they get did against Fiorentina where you know you look you look all around the field and it's everything going wrong and I think that also adds to like the current I guess style of play slash tactics which is that high intensity high press game because I think that complements like cup competition games really well because you know you have a Champions League let's say a quarterfinal or well, round of 16 now and then everybody's fired up and for that style of play of high intensity, high energy, you need to be that like, you know, in your face, high intensity, really like pumped up. So I think that complements each other. Uh, those two things that, you know, that mentality, but then also that the tactics, like I think that just fits. I mean, that, that, that dovetails very well. And is, that's kind of how I see the current Juventus uh, team being. I mean, really just a cup competition club. Which I mean, who knows how far that's going to go? But I think that's kind of me also shifting my perspective and maybe even expectations a little bit, um, even though I doubt we're going to, you know, win the Champions League. But still, I mean, I think that's just an observation uh, 
that I did have. And uh, well, who knows? Who knows what's going to happen? I think what you said also speaks to something, and this is a thing that I've, you know, I've I've gone on record here on this podcast saying this before, and it's something that has been affecting this team for a lot of time, going back several years into Allegri and his time as well, is that this team plays down to its competition a lot. In the biggest games, they come up and they play. Like, you remember the two Inter games last year were the two best games that they played under Saudi. And, you know, then they'd come up against, uh, you know, Lecce and have a hell of a time. And and it's the, kind of the same thing here. You know, the, the Barcelona game, huge energy, the way they, you know, just crushing them. And then, you know, a couple, and then, you know, a game like this against a team that should not, that they should not lose to at all. And they just have, and, and they, and it was, so, and it's so clear that they didn't, they didn't get out, they didn't get physically outplayed. They got mentally outplayed. Pirlo said it in his, that's another thing that Pirlo said in his press conference, and I totally agree with this, is that they were on Christmas break already. They came out of the tunnel, they came out of the tunnel looking, thinking like, you know, you know, tomorrow I got panettone French toast for breakfast and oh, yeah. like, you know, which by the way, <laughs> best breakfast hack ever. Panettone is the best French toast bread. And also anybody who says Pandoro is the better Christmas bread is wrong. And you can stand there and be wrong in your wrongness and be wrong. Fight um, me, mate. <laughs> no, I have no opinion. Um, I have no opinion on this. What about Dutch but, breakfast, Chucks? I mean, it's a completely <laughs> bland and like, <laughs> I mean, it's, it's the blandest stuff you can imagine in your life. Nutritionally um, high value, but just bland as all hell. What about Mexico, uh, Sergio? Oh, like we're playing in a different league. Like we're, <laughs> we're Serie A, whatever other country you guys want to put on. It's like Serie C or D or something. Like it's not even similar. Like it's, like, we just have dinner on every meal. So that, that's <laughs> and, and, that, and thus the, the evolution of the breakfast burrito comes, comes to light. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, that, that's, that is the, to, 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 come away from that digression for a little bit the uh yeah that 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 mental that mental question for this team has is not new and it's been there for a long time which is why i'm not particularly upset at pirlo over the fact that the team seems so in and out mentally because this has predated him for a long time and i also wonder specifically this year I said this, I believe I said this in my recap. I'm almost positive I did. I, you wonder how much of this comes down to the physical affecting the mental because they have been so whipped to death by this crazy-ass freaking schedule that, you know, the, when the body gets tired, the mind can't respond the way that it, it does when you're, you know, rested. So, you know, a lot of these errors could also just be coming from the fact that guys are exhausted. And in that po- and at that particular point, there is nothing that Pirlo can do there save for rotate more. And even, and even at this pace, that can only go so far. So and, um, in a, and in a lot of positions, he hasn't been able to rotate. Yeah, because of the injuries and like, you know, Delict had, you know, because Demerol is out and they seem not to be able to trust Chiellini to go, even though he's 
been on the bench the last few games. You know, Delict has been playing it like you keep on saying in all of your recaps, Danny. Every you know every minute since he came back, and uh, you know, Quadrado's been playing all the time. The questions last. The questions after the Napoli appeal ruling came down as to whether or not Adrian Rabio, as to which game Adrian Rabio's suspension actually applies to, because they held him out of that game, out of the game against Fiorentina, basically out of an abundance of caution to th- to make sure that it didn't apply. But from every all indications I'm seeing are that. Th- the Fiorentina game started was too fat was too quick and that it's going to, the, the suspension is going to apply to Udinese regardless. Um, Surprising that we can't get a straight answer out of Italy. Right. Yeah, I know. Right. And I mean, just, I mean, frankly, the one good, you know, if there's one silver lining about the Napoli thing, it's that unless Juve and Napoli get knocked out of their respective European competitions relatively early, that game's probably not going to be played until May. Because there's just no time for it anytime else. But yeah, I, I think that that's, you know, does Pirlo certainly deserve some questions about the mental, about the mental aspects of this team, but because every coach does, but there are some things that are just, there are some things that predate him and there are some things that are just out of his control right now. Uh, just a quick kind of question on the Napoli game, because just in terms of the scheduling with that whole ordeal, I mean, I thought if I could, yeah, I, I mean, obviously nothing definitive right, right now, but um, that they were going to shift uh, a Coppa Italia game elsewhere and then put the Napoli game in there, saying we play like Napoli like three games in like two weeks or so, or three times in two weeks or something. Yeah, ba- ridiculous basically, stuff. Basically what it was is that one of the Gazzetta della Sport reporters said that they were going to play it on the 16th of January, and that's when Juventus plays Genoa and the Coppa Italia. And I'll preface this with saying that we haven't heard anything official yet. So this is just going off of a report from one person. So that would have meant that the Coppa Italia, the next the next spot where it could have been played midweek would have been that first that first week of February. However, there's also more Coppa Italia rounds to be played. So it it come it comes into question now. Do you just play the Coppa Italia as scheduled, or do you mess with the Coppa Italia to accommodate Juventus Napoli, and then that will just throw the Coppa Italia all out of whack? Because as we know, the first after you you know Juventus jumps in a couple rounds later than most of the other Serie A clubs in Coppa Italia, and and then you know they they play a couple. It, it feels like they play a couple rounds within a couple weeks. So you take that match on the 16th. Well, if you push it back a couple of weeks, that's right when it would – that next round, I, th- I believe it's the round of eight, what, the quarterfinals would have been played. So it's – I mean, just the way the schedule is, there's very few spaces for it right now, or at least in the month of – obviously there's nothing in the month of January because January is ridiculous. But, yeah, I mean, it, it's uh, – it's a, uh, as my high school coach, uh, it's a bit of a quagmire that they've got themselves into in terms of, uh, <laughs> in terms of the schedule. Yeah, that, I mean, honestly, I would good. just even move, I'll just move the Super, Super Copa to like, I don't know, 
to what to as far back as possible really i mean supercopa I mean, thank god we didn't do the go the spanish route for the supercopa and turn it into an actual tournament um yeah, yeah, yeah. but yeah, um, then, there, the, uh, then there would be no christmas break oh god um but no, the, the the most recent reports i have seen and these this is from two outlets one is gazeta de los Sport, one is corriere de la sera which isn't exactly it which is not you know, talking about the most reputable ones are not talking about the most reputable ones but also and and corriere de la sera obviously not a dedicated sports paper not that yeah. that you know makes it any less valid if the reporting is actually right but both of those papers are saying that the fixture list is that FIGC considers the fixture list in January far too congested. And that, that's why I said may is that the, according to that, the, the earliest possible is what may, it might be, might very well be may unless, you know, there's a, a spot in April, if Napoli and Juve don't make deeper runs into, into Europe. But yeah, that, that's, it's that, that was one of the big questions when it came to the whole, whole appeal and i think one of the reasons that that the league and and juventus were kind of hoping that this would uh would play out and and i also don't know whether or not juventus can i i whether juventus can appeal the appeal i don't i kind of don't want them to at this point it, that the optics of that are terrible and i would just kind of let want them to play the damn game i especially since my entire view on this was to play the damn game anyway and, and postpone sure, it. I'm pretty sure their whole stance from the get-go was like, whatever the courts say, like if they want us to play, we'll play. Yeah. Like we'll, we're not going to appeal. So I'm, I'm pretty sure like they're, they're going to play the game for sure. I, I don't think they'll, they'll appeal yeah. the appeal. Shall we do some Twitter questions, gentlemen? Sure thing. All Those right. Let's boogie. All right. From at some guy London, Paratici has stated that the squad is complete and balanced. Do you guys agree? First up, Sergio Romero. Yeah, in a way. I mean, if you, if you go through it, you know, just guy by guy, there's formations, there's lineups, there's ways you can play that this is a pretty well-rounded, well-balanced team. The, the only problem is that, you know, we still, it's, it's freaking December and we still don't know what formation Andrea Pirlo uses all the time. Like, because he's been switching up and down the field, like in every single line, like it's so hard to really say, yeah, like we're, we're sold, we're set. Like, especially like the, the rumors that I've seen is that they're going to bring in a backup number nine for Morata, which kind of makes sense. But if you do that, then that's less minutes for Paulo Dybala, who has this whole, you know, thing overall. So it's just, it's such a weird, weird, weird team and that if you go through it name by name there's so much quality like there's so much talent there's they're far and above the best team in Italy if you just go name by name on that team sheet and for whatever reason just once you actually see it on the on the field it looks unbalanced it looks not all that great like it looks like the lesser of, of the sum of its parts and you know, I guess that that's one of those things that's not even, like Sam mentioned, like that's not even just a Pirlo thing. That's been a thing for the last probably two seasons, two or three seasons, where you just see the team and like, I don't get why they're not better. And, you know, especially in January, I don't think there's a lot of dudes out there who you, who you can get and who will actually move the needle. So I, 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 
I don't know if he actually believes it, by the way, but I do think that, that he's going to say that to the press so that, you know, they, they don't expect to move or anything because there's really no one there that out there that they can really get that will move the needle. Like, does bringing in Fernando Llorente I mean, really going to change things? Probably not. I mean, it's going to be a nice little nostalgia thing, but I'm probably not going to move the needle. Is Christian Eriksen, who seems like he's super washed by this point, is that guy going to move the needle? I don't know. Like, you know, I think it's just mostly a statement to say we're not bringing anybody in. We're okay with this, in my opinion. You mean you don't believe in the January pug back? No, I don't. <laughs> pug back and forth and back and forth. I mean. Back and forth again. Yeah. Who knows what the next saying, hashtag? I will <laughs> take my claim that I do want the puck back and forth, but but not not in January. Like that's not happening. Like, realistically, that will probably not happen unless Manchester United is just as bad in transfer dealings as they are on the pitch. Which maybe like we don't know that, but maybe. <laughs> Which, you know, speaking of an erratic team, I mean, they, they with with their crazy form this season, they're like, what, a few points off the off Liverpool? They're third place. Yeah, I just chalk, chalk this whole season up to hell because if Man United is third in the league, like just whatever at this point, don't believe anything. It's a crazy season. Which is insane. Yeah, which is completely insane. I mean, this whole season everywhere across Europe. Yeah, ditto that. Ditto that. Just to answer that question of, uh, oh, yeah, if that if the squad is complete. I mean, to elaborate on what uh, Sergio said, I mean, it, it it's kind of impossible to answer because we don't know what the um, best formation or what the standard, what the default formation and squad is. So without knowing that, I mean, yeah, it's impossible to answer. I mean, if it's if it's a 4-3-3, well, 4-3-3 has different requirements squad-wise and personnel-wise than a 3-5-2. So, you know, a squad that's complete for a 3-5-2 is probably not for a 4-3-3. I'm putting a lot of numbers there. But, so yeah, I mean, it's, it's really impossible to answer because we just don't know what the ideal formation or, uh, or lineup is. Um, but I mean, just speaking very generally, I would say, I mean, probably, I mean, tentatively, yes, except for one more fullback, like just the whole, you know, fullback situation, um, is still not entirely fixed. But, um, besides there, I would say, I mean, largely, yes, probably. I mean, is it balanced? Uh, I don't know. I still don't quite think it's balanced, but in, in terms of completeness, like as in like every person has like a replacement like you know there's the starting central midfielders have a replacement of equal quality i'll still i'll say yes but is it perfectly balanced i mean i'm not sure again because of we just don't know what the starting lineup is at formation uh i would say i would say it's i wouldn't say it's perfectly balanced i also wouldn't say that one side of the scale is on the floor like i think that we're I think that we're a little top-heavy on wide players, specifically wide players that are better on the right than they are on the left. And I think that in the midfield, even though the midfield is far and away better than it was last year and the year before, there is a slight imbalance there to me between industry and creativity. McKenney, excellent ball winning, 
makes great runs into the box. Benta, excellent ball winning, can make the passes, but he's not, you know, like a, a big, you know, that's not, he's not a Pirlo, you know, or even Pirlo light, I would say. Artur is supposed to be that guy, but, you know, right now he's, you know, doing the, you know, he's doing exactly what bad, what bad Pjanic did, which is just passed laterally and backwards and, and, and not really put the ball into, into dangerous spots going forward. And Rabio again, excellent ball winning, excellent running with the ball, cannon foot. It does. He make those passes. I think that the, I think that we're missing right now, a Manuel Locatelli type for, for the midfield. If, if that were to happen, then I think we'd be really set. So yeah, I, th- I think if anything, one or two more pieces and to even out the sides on the wings a little bit, but that for the, for the most part, not bad. Speaking of guys who have played the fullback position once or twice from at KO 1032, why did Juventus ever get rid of Martin Caceres? Who, judging by reading our friends over at Viola Nation, had easily what was his best game of the season against Juventus on Tuesday. He was the best player on the pitch by some <laughs> margin. I mean, not only was he going forward and making great crosses and scoring the last goal, there were there at least twice on the rare occasion that somebody put a really good cross into the box that it looked like Ronaldo was right in line for, he would come out of nowhere and head it away from him. There was one, one point even before Quadrado got sent off where Morata hit a really great cross from the right and, and it never got to him because just like that fraction of a second, Casas came flying back. He came tracking back and, and headed it out. I th- the answer to the question is I don't know because he's I I always thought he was useful, and he also upped our good hair quotient by a lot. Not fashion quotient, but good hair quotient. Good hair quotient, and he probably also upped our drunk driving quotient by a lot. But we'll uh, yeah. we'll stay off of that one. Hey now. Um, but uh, <laughs> you know, but yeah, I, he was fantastic in that game. I've always thought he was useful. I never liked the idea of getting rid of him in the first place. Yeah, I, 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 for one, wish he was still on the team. Oh, and very classy of him not to celebrate on that goal. Yeah, they always uh, hindsight's twenty twenty. Um, yeah, they always they always um, they always play well when they play against us, isn't it? I mean, it's the know, X effect, baby. It uh, never disappoints. Yeah. Like Tito said, I mean, he said uh, he had what his best game in the season against us, and for the rest, just kind of. I mean, I guess it just kind of was was decent the rest of the season i guess so hey what are you gonna do you know what are you gonna do yeah i know i mean gus says i think that was just kind of a squad replenishing move i mean sure could we have kept it i don't know i mean i again hindsight's 2020 i think i don't think it was a bad move to get rid of him at the time but i well it depends on what you're talking about the first time or when it then when he came back and then getting rid of him again i mean you know we can you went up and down obviously but no, I don't know. I don't have too many issues with this with the second time getting rid of them. Maybe the first time, but I have that dig into my memory to think about. <laughs> I'd rather have I'd rather have had him than Medi Benatia the last couple of years, those last couple of years. Yeah, yeah. Good old Medi. 
All right, last one here from David Desberg the, at the True ROAC. Simple question, gentlemen. When do we hit the panic button? <laughs> right uh, now. <laughs> right now. <laughs> Chuck's, Chuck's hit it in the game thread about 30 minutes in. No, I don't know. No, sorry, I'll, I'll let you go first. Yeah, somewhere between, you know, like Chuck's in the 30 minutes into the first half against Fiorentina. And <laughs> I, I think it's going to be that Milan game, that first Milan game. If you know whatever whatever the result is in that game, I, I think that's going to go a long way to just really, at some point, even just being like a mathematic thing, you know, which would be on the sixth January sixth. That's going to be it for me. If 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 Juventus, you know, forget how they play because at this point form is whatever, like we've we've been saying. But if if they drop points there, if it's a draw, if they lose. You know, you're talking about going down potentially 13 with a game on hand, but still 13 and with one of those chances against the direct, you know, against the leader of the, of the table gone. At that point, a lot of things have to go your way for you to, to be able to get close to that top of the league. So, so I, I would say that. Like, so far, not really. If they win that game, everything changes. But if they lose that one, then then I'd be, I'd be ready to press the panic bottom for sure. AC Milan coming out of the January break, or the Christmas break, I should say, have a couple of nostalgia games with facing people in Zaghi and Benevento and then Andrea Pirlo and Juventus. So, Dave, now, now Dave's got that scene from scene, uh, History of the World Part 1 stuck in my head where Melbourne's is like, nobody, nobody panic! And then the guards come by, panic! I agree totally with Sergio I think if if you don't come out with three points against Milan it, somehow scraping out whatever points you get whatever way you get points just get points if you don't get all three points there then you have to start seriously thinking about that then talk, the talk has to start seriously shifting towards making sure you're top four and and playing the Champions League I think that's that's the point. Yeah, I'm actually going to slightly disagree. I'm going to say um, end of January. I think that's always historically kind of been the point where, you know, if you're in good shape, then, then you know, that kind of is a predictor for the rest of the season or, well, the, the conclusion of the season. Um, also, another reason I say uh, the end of January is just because of all the, I mean, just the huge, huge games that we have in January, Milan and then, Napoli either in the Copa or sorry or either in the Super Copa <clears throat> or in the league and then so let's see Napoli Milan uh, and Inter and Sassuolo that was it I think yeah I think basically those games you know I mean that's really uh I, there's not 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 much more you can add to that so I think yeah the end of January I'll say um so whatever the final game I think some story I've forget I should probably look that up but um, whatever the final game is in January I think that's really I mean that to me that's going to be kind of the defining point here's the key though here's here's the weird thing like everyone for for a couple years or, or even longer has been making the hypothetical argument of the comments of like well would you sacrifice like the domestic title for finally winning the Champions League and this year is the one year that it's finally going to happen. We're going to lose Serie A. We're going to be like seventh or eighth. 
and it's going to be like one of those magical runs. They're going to win the Champions League, and they're going to get back into the Champions League as defending champions. I'm calling Bro, my shots. Ex- That's what's happening. Want to tempt like, the wrath of the whatever from high atop the thing? Like it's going to be one of stop the talking things. Like, <laughs> you got to go outside, turn around like, three times, and spit. <laughs> It beat, they beat Atalanta in the quarterfinals and they just have like a weird wonky way and they win the Champions League this year. That, that, that's what's going to happen. That's what, that's what like, it, it's, it was all leading down to this. It was a master plan to get to this point. Our hot take artist is back, baby. He's back. Imagine if it does happen. <laughs> like, I'll, I'll just, I'll never shut up about it. <laughs> all righty. I just want to, Shout out one other Twitter question real quick. At Lap is Goat sent us a question about Leonardo Bonucci, literally right as we started talking about Leonardo Bonucci. So props to him for setting the stage on our, or indirectly setting the stage on our Leonardo Bonucci. Timing. He has it. Timing. Very good timing. As always, you can follow us on Twitter at Juventus Nation. You can follow us on Facebook, search black and white and red all over. You can find us on iTunes, Search black and white and red all over. Same for Spotify and Google Podcasts uh, on iTunes. Feel free to like, rate, and review there. We always appreciate the feedback. Hopefully everybody enjoys their Christmas. Hopefully it goes a lot better than Juventus's game against Fiorentina. And you guys stay safe out there. So for Danny, for Danny, for I'm I'm tired. So for Sam, for Sergio, and for our recently returned Dutchman Chucks, this is Danny saying thank you very much for listening, and we'll talk to you guys next week.